0: Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice for police personnel who go the extra mile for academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners on YouTube and on Doctor.com. No. Okay, so Barbara Pavlo then, Dr. Barbara Pavlo, she's a police psychologist at the LAPD and, I, and whenever I say LAPD, I just think Hollywood movies and, uh, you know, TV shows. It's just this glamorous thing. But sorry, that's, that's you know, uh, um, someone from outside the U.S. Um, I find it really interesting how she as a police psychologist works, not just for the police and in the police, but alongside them. So I'm just going to play you her video now.
1: I'm Dr. Barbara Pavlo, and I am a police psychologist with the Los Angeles Police Department and i've been there nearly 16 years i think the lapd is very different in how they utilize the police psychologists of course we're there to talk about any individual issues a sworn or a um, civilian personnel may have sometimes that includes work obligations or the people they're working with or the shift that they're working, as well as any marital issues or relationship issues. So we do that, but we also, I think we're unique and we're part of the SWAT team and the SWAT is special weapons and tactics. And we actually have a rotation where we all go out, there are 13 of us, and uh, we, work with SWAT where we have a bulletproof vest on, we wear a helmet, we have to go downrange, work on the SWAT truck, and we assist with crisis negotiation or call it hostage negotiation. And um, it, it plays a big part because we get to actually be in the field and experience some of those split second decisions. Uh, we help assist whether or not we should put gas in if somebody's refusing to come out in a hostage situation. In a suicide attempt, I've climbed up many rooftops and uh, you know we engage the individual. And because of our psychological background, we're able to assist in whether or not the suspect is on a drug and what drug that may be, or if there's a mental illness and how to treat that mental illness so that we don't further agitate the person. For, I would say, a good five, six years of my early career, uh, police would tell me that they were afraid to come to see us because the psychologists, or as we were known, the shrinks, would take our gun and badge. If we went in, You know, they could destroy our career. And perhaps in the past, there were some doctors that did that, Um, I'm not sure of the circumstances, nor am I sure of the validity of that happening, but that certainly was a rumor. And I think the rumor has been dispelled because we see more people now than we ever have, and it consistently increases because most of the doctors are there not to take away their guns and badges. I'm certainly not. I wanna genuinely help and help them do their job better and make their relationships better. And it's very hard when you work all day making decisions, life and death, on a split second and then coming home to your wife saying, what do you want for dinner? Oftentimes the answer is, I don't care. And after a few times, the spouse may say, well, when will you care? And I think it's also important to inform the family members of police officers to what their job consists of eliminating the details because sometimes that would be overwhelming. So, you know, there's there's a lot of contributing factors to what we do and what makes us accessible. And I think it really has, what we've done over the years of being in the field uh, with SWAT as well as going to the divisions and being human instead of being this robot of a police psychologist has made a huge difference with the amount of people that wanna come and see us. The one thing I would like to add is for any law enforcement from any place in the world, thank you. Thank you for risking your life to save those. I mean, the oath is to serve and to protect. And I think on a daily basis, most people do that. And it, it it's not a, a job that is idealized it's not a job that you get many thanks for there's a lot of injuries that the public has no idea about and police suffer in silence so I, i want you to know that there are people out there like myself that understand and we're here for you you know you call for backup let us be part of your backup
0: well, there you go. I think that was uh, really impactful. So, something really interesting about the setup there. So, the in house psychologist is available to the offices without limitations so uh, and you know would you not feel a little bit more trusting of some of a psychologist who's got who's climbed onto a roof with you (laughs) on so many occasions and you know maybe that distrust can be built down and she's also um, raised an important point that we haven't talked about much here is relationships between police officers and their spouses Um, actually Barbara and I having a thought about maybe we can put a course together for um, law enforcement spouses because Again, we mentioned the 70% divorce rate. You come home, you know, you don't want to be making another decision and your spouse might be getting upset that you're not taking part in family life, you're not showing an interest. And both sides are right. You know, nobody's, nobody's wrong here. Both sides are completely understandable. How do you juggle that? How do you keep people together? Ginny, any observations?
2: Yeah, I love that bit by Barbara. I think it's fantastic that, you know, someone who's a psychologist who didn't sign up to be a cop is happy to climb up on a roof, um, wants to be there and experience what what cops go through. And I think that's huge for credibility with cops because certainly my experience and the experience of a lot of my clients is that um, usually when they go and and finally pluck up that courage to go and get the help, they end up dealing with people who don't understand their job. And that becomes a huge barrier to act them actually getting any help. Um, they spend most of their time talking about things that happen in the job and walk away from a session at the end thinking, well, I feel like I've just been on a reality TV program because the person sat opposite was more interested in what happens, not about how you can help that person. So I think it's it's hugely beneficial that, that a cop can sit down and talk to someone who they know, understand what goes on. And the fact that you've got some psychologists there, and I, I take my, my hat off to them, good on them. They, they, you know, they climb up on a, on a roof, they go and help out in the SWAT truck, come on. Fantastic. And I think we need to do more of that. And if you want in COPS to get help, then give them people who, who have the credibility to help them and people who they don't have to explain the job to because they have actually experienced it.
0: Yeah, I think that's really, And, and I'm sure there's lots of psychologists who would love to be out in the field as well. So I think we just need to look at the, the setup. I think every force should have a psychologist for many mm-hmm. things to do research with the police to do evidence-based policing, um, maybe other psychologists or the same person to help the police, you know, being there as a as a counselor, so to speak, and to be operational, you know, hostage negotiating, doing some, you know, investigative analysis. There's so many things that could be done, and there's so many investigative psychologists who would want to do that or police psychologists. We're just not creating
1: those roles. People have used EAP, which is Employees Assistance Unit, EAU is what we call it, and um, people have thought we'll we'll keep confidentiality. Even though as a police psychologist, even though I'm employed by the LAPD, I still have to adhere to the rules and regulations of the American Psychological Association, which is keeping everything confidential with the regular exceptions of harm to self, harm to others. Uh, child or elder abuse. So they've tried it, and because the the professional that they have seen has not been schooled in police psychology, they don't really understand the specific demands, the specific needs of somebody who is in law enforcement. So it usually is a no-go, it doesn't work, and then they eventually come to Behavioral Science Services, which is BSS, part of the LAPD, And um, they see us where they feel understood, where the spouse can better understand the moods or the um, experiences that their significant other is having as being in law enforcement. And the other thing is there is no end. They could see us as many times as necessary. And sometimes there's a crisis and they come back after three years. Um, They could come back whenever they want. It's a revolving door. We're here for them. And I think it's worked out very, very well. People always call psychologists a shrink. And I always tell all my patients, no, I'm not a shrink. I'm actually an expander because you see things this way. But as an expander, I broaden your whole perspective. I show you what I see back here, what I see here, what I see here. And as an expander, you get to see the full picture, 3D picture of what you're experiencing. So you can make a better decision. Um, I, I love that. And
0: um, I think that's really interesting with the expander um, and somebody put something into the comments earlier about the EAP deployment assistance program where you get a few hours, uh, a few sessions with someone. And they said people usually spend the first three, the first three or four of those sessions explaining what the job is and what the organizational demands are. So obviously, Jenny, um, you're very familiar with this problem.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think um, it was interesting that Baba reiterated the fact that you know if you have no experience with law enforcement, it's very very difficult to build to get that credibility with with your client that they will sit and talk to you about what's what's troubling them. Um, and I think the whole expansion of your mind is absolutely perfect. It's about empowering someone to be self aware so that they can make the decisions that that work for them.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organisation you work for. You will not get any spam, this is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.